She really wrote a series of self-help books. Welcome to Charlotte Mason Says. I'm John Schindel, here with my wife, Crystal. Join us as we read and discuss the home education series. So we have finished reviewing the book, reviewing, reading, discussing the last chapter of the book. And we wanted to... Welcome to the first podcast that we had to actually outline. Right? (laughs) Outlining is hard. (laughs) We normally don't have to plan out our episode because the book does that for us. Right? We just kind of read through the book and talk about it. It's super easy. We don't really have to think about things. Other than, you know, thinking about (laughs) the things things that we have to think about. (laughs) It's true. But today is a little different. We have finished reading and discussing the entire book, Parents and Children. So, yay! Yay! All 26 chapters? 26 chapters and, well, 26 articles, I guess, if you would say. But 26 chapters and we're done. And it's kind of unreal. Very, very, It's a very surreal feeling that after a year in this book, now we're done. Now we're done. We read it. We talked about it. And... There's five other books, so we don't have to read it for another six years. <laughs> <laughs> so the plan is one book a year? Uh, it worked out this time, <laughs> but we'll see what happens yeah. next. Well, I will say one of our main goals, and we've talked about this before, but one of the main goals we had for even starting this podcast was to have Crystal and I sit down and read through these books and talk about them. And to be held accountable. To, to do that. Yeah, and to be held accountable and to and to have a reason more than just we need to sit down and talk about it. Because we can find excuses, a lot of them. Why not to do something like this? Oh, yeah, absolutely. We have found excuses. We have. We've tried <laughs> we've tried reading books out loud to each other. We've tried we've tried doing all kinds of things. And sometimes it works for a bit and and oftentimes it doesn't. It fizzles. It does. And what we've discovered since doing some podcasting is that the majority of podcasts also fizzle. A lot of people find it really hard to continue doing a podcast, which I can totally understand. Mm-hmm. It's not It's not easy. It's very time consuming. Yeah. Now, in my opinion, it's not as hard as writing a blog, but that's because I don't just type and journal naturally. So... I don't know, maybe it's about the same amount of work as a blog, just I, different. I don't know. They've all fizzled. Right? That's another thing that's actually fizzled for us several times. We've tried to do several blogs here and there over the course of over the course of our marriage and, and they never they never seem to work. But we've stuck with this, and it's good because at this point I feel like I have a very solid understanding of Charlotte Mason's philosophy of education. So the plan today is to go through uh, the principles. Um, we are going to do the, the 18 that are in the Parents and Children book and then talk about how this year's gone and then talk about some new exciting stuff that's coming up. But first, we want to talk about something exciting that's going on. And we've talked about this once or twice before. But we are going to be doing a giveaway of a book. What book are we giving away? I don't even know. The one we're doing next year. Oh, yeah. We're uh, giving away the first book in the home education series, which isn't it just home education? Yes, it is. So we're giving away home education. (laughs) Oof. I'm good at this. We're giving away a home education, and that'll happen on the – or we'll draw a name at the second episode of season two of Charlotte Mason Says. Which we will be taking a break through most of December and coming back in January. So we'll be opening the giveaway the day this uh, we'll be opening the giveaway today. Uh what's today going to be? <laughs> <laughs> today will be the 9th. So we are opening the giveaway today, December 9, 2019, and we are closing it January 11. 
2020. So if you are listening to this at another time, I'm sorry. We love you anyways. But this giveaway is (laughs) kind of closed. But it's open right now. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. So, Charlotte Mason, let's go back to the book. This makes more sense. We're we're better at discussing the book than we are actually talking. We haven't practiced talking yet. Uh, yeah. So one of the things that we wanted to do is just walk through the principles and talk about them as they relate to some of the stuff we've learned over the last year and how how it relates to all of the stuff we now know. Um, we are going to be doing the principles found in the Parents and Children book. It's a set of 18 principles. As time went on, she did adapt and change them. So in volume six, her kind of a recap treatise book, there are 20 and they're kind of reordered and reshaped. But this is parents and children. So we'll go through the parents and children principles. And it'd be interesting to look at and compare and contrast one to the other. Now, here's a question. Does does she have these principles at the beginning of each of her her books in this series? Um, I think so. Crystal's going to check. So, yes, this is in each of the books in the preface to the home education series. And in Parents and Children, it's on page XI. So page 11 in the introduction. Ah, Roman numerals. Yeah, it'd be interesting to me to go through and compare and contrast one volume to the next or compare and contrast all five of them and see where these principles lay and where they changed and moved and shifted over time. Mm-hmm. Not that we're going to do that right now, but it would be very interesting. Ideas for a future episode. <laughs> there we go. So her first principle is that children are born persons and she hammered this home relentlessly almost throughout the throughout the entirety of this book which i find fascinating this this principle is four words huh. this is the absolute shortest principle that she has and it's just nailed it to the point does not expound on it children are born persons yeah period that's it well, and everything else flows from there. It does. But but just having that as number one standalone is powerful. It absolutely is. And, and the reason for that is that everything does flow from it. And everything breaks down if that's not true. If children aren't born persons, if children are blank slates, if children are just little amoebas, if children are lesser human beings that are, uh, I don't know lesser the sacks that we'll talk about later yeah then then everything else she talks about is invalid because she's hinging all of this on that one point that children are born individuals with individual wants and desires with thoughts and ideas with things they like and don't like everything else flows from that point Number two, they are not born either good or bad, but with possibilities for good and evil. Which is a direct, it's almost like a, a 1A. A, subs, a sub point. Yeah. A sub principle. Children are born persons, semicolon. They're born neither good or bad. And one thing I've heard a lot, and, and I struggled with too at the beginning, was you know, this, the statement, children, they're not born either good or bad. Coming from a Christian perspective, we are all born in sin. Therefore, we are all born sinful. And through lots of other discussions I've read, that's not where she's coming from. Right. She's coming from, this is not a hereditary thing of a disposition. Mm-hmm. This is not a commentary on the human state. Right. She's not talking about the spiritual side of things. Mm-hmm. And it's more the, the good people are good because their parents are good or the, the, the child of a thief is destined to be a child of a thief because 
they're they've been born bad. Right. If your father was a bank robber, you're going to be a bank robber too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. just I um, wanted to clarify that. And and she she talks about that in this book. Uh, several times she talks about she talks about bucking trends of heredity. She talks about she talks about people coming out of bad situations. There's a lot of heredity talk in chapter eight. Which one is that? Uh, the culture of character. Hmm. Mm-hmm. There were there were a couple places where she really hammered it, it hammered at it, but that was definitely one of them. So uh, the third principle, she says, the principles of authority on the one hand and obedience on the other are natural, necessary, and fundamental. But, and number four is, these principles are limited by the respect due to the personality of children, which must not be encroached upon, whether by fear or love, suggestion or influence, or undue play upon any one natural desire. Now, principle four doesn't really get touched on in this book until close to the end. Mm-hmm. In, was that show, want, tell? Show, show. Show, cause, why. Show, cause, why. So she gets through most of the, of this book without actually Which touching is on chapter twenty. I'm, I'm sorry, I shouldn't interrupt you. <laughs> so she gets through most of this book without actually touching on it. I thought she touched on it a tiny bit earlier. She might have, but she she really hammered at it in in that chapter in chapter twenty. Mm-hmm. Um, but the first half of that principle three. Authority on the one hand and obedience on the other are natural, necessary, and fundamental. She talks about that early. Uh, she talks about that in the parents as schoolmaster, as well as chapters one and two, if I remember right, the family and parents as rulers, that the parents are the rulers of the household mm-hmm. and the children need to be obedient. And that these things are natural. Yeah, they're that natural. That there has to be somebody in charge. Mm-hmm. And therefore, the people under them have to obey. Right. And ta- she also talks about what happens when that is displaced, especially in the first couple chapters. Yeah. When, when parents lay aside that burden or when uh, the, par- the, the child is disobedient to that authority. Uh, the one thing that I noticed that I wanted to, to mention is that the last sentence of principle four here is undue play upon any one natural desire. And she talks about that pretty extensively in chapter 20, Show Cause Why, where she's talking about examinations and the schools and primary desires. And that our schools play on the emotional desire to be the best. And that's what examinations are there to do, is to give the child a way to be the best and have that be the the principal goal and desire of education is to win. Well, and, and to have an empirical standard. Right. Everyone was given the same test. You have the highest marks. Therefore, you are the best. Right. So I, she she definitely does talk about that. And I remember having that discussion and finding that fascinating. So principle five then, she says, therefore, we're limited to three educational instruments, the atmosphere of environment, the discipline of a habit, and the presentation of living ideas. And this is something she mentions over and over and over again. Yep. This is another one of the principal ideas and it looks like the next two or the next three points, six, seven, eight, actually dive into those. It divides them out. Number six is by saying education is an atmosphere. It is not meant that a child should be isolated in what may be called a child environment, especially adapted and prepared, but that we should take into account the educational value of his natural home atmosphere, both as regards persons and things, and should let him live freely among his proper conditions. It stultifies a child to bring down his world to the child's level. Uh, This is both one thing that she believes in. Education is an atmosphere in that everything in the surroundings is an education. And it's also in rebuttal to 
the popular uh, philosophy done by Maria Montessori at the time, which is continued to be very popular today, mm-hmm. where everything has is smaller and child size and um, very hands on, and that is that can be good and right. But if that's all they have and they they're not living in their environment, then it it like she says it stultifies them. Hmm. So she and Montessori were were contemporaries. Contemporaries. Interesting. Uh, number seven is education is a discipline is meant the discipline of habits formed definitely and thoughtfully, whether habits of mind or body. She has the chapter on discipline, which is chapter 16. Mm-hmm. And the interesting thing that I remember going back to a couple times here is that when she starts answering the question of what part does discipline play in your system of education, she first answers, well, we have to define what a system of education is. And she defines it and said, but that's not what we do. We don't have a system. We have a method. Mm-hmm. And so she turns the question on its head. She says, well, I, you're using discipline in the wrong way. You're using discipline as in wrap the kid's knuckles to get them to learn right. She says, no, the discipline is internal. The child needs to be disciplined in his own in his own self. And that discipline is brought about by all of these things. Also, chapter seven, the parent as schoolmaster has... Mm. A lot about uh, the functions and what discipline is and how education is a discipline. And as it is the discipline of habits, chapter nine also has a lot on habits. And and she definitely she definitely believes strongly in that because habits, the formation of habits is something that is very key to a Charlotte Mitch. A Charlotte Mason education. In in her scheme of educational theory, chapter 21, where she kind of recaps everything, our main objects are formation of habits and presentation of ideas. That's right. So that when she boils it down to just two, formation of habits makes it. So then that's the next principle. Is principle eight is she says, in the saying that education is a life, the need of intellectual and moral as well as of physical sustenance is implied. The mind feeds on ideas, and therefore children should have a generous curriculum. And that gets into what you were saying about the the presentation of ideas. Mm-hmm. And that also would talk about or would talk to living books. Mm-hmm. And honestly, not just books, but also art, be it, be it uh, paintings or, I guess, static visual art or audio art would be music or anything like that. And I would say that if she were living today, then visual, uh, the the movies or mo- motion pictures would be another part of that. Uh, a presentation of living ideas. Right. That's another way to present the living ideas is is in a video format. Yeah. The next three, three, four... The next four are part of the ones that got rearranged in her next one. I could believe that. And and this is where she's, again, combating something, a doctrine of the time, the Herbartian doctrine, mm-hmm. where it's not a bucket that you just put ideas in and as they're connected to each other, they just, they all fall in. She says it's not a sack. It's a spiritual organ organism with its proper diet which is also spiritual and ideas are spiritual and she talks about ideas being spiritual and spiritually conveyed quite a bit and Mm -hmm. honestly that was a part that was confusing to to me for a long time until it finally clicked because she uses the word spirit in two separate ways throughout this book she uses it either as one the the Holy Spirit, she also uses the term as just the spiritual conveyance of ideas. And she oftentimes uses those two very closely together. 
but they're two separate ideas Mm -hmm. where ideas are conveyed spiritually from mind to mind and ideas are also conveyed spiritually from Holy Spirit to us. So it took me a while to to be comfortable with that. To mentally separate the two? Yeah, to mentally separate the two. But but I think I got there and I think I think I get it. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. She'd probably tell me I'm wrong, but I I think I'm there. She goes on to say we're not just, you know, uh splicing words here. The Herbarshian doctrine lays the stress of education upon the teacher. And the till children who are taught this way are in danger of receiving much teaching with little knowledge. But the normal child has the powers of mind that fit him to deal with all knowledge proper to him. We must give him a full and generous curriculum, taking care that the knowledge offered to him is vital. That is, the facts are not presented without their informing ideas. So it's all interrelated. Mm-hmm. You, you're not just giving the dry facts and the dull facts without forming an entire thought about it. Right. And this comes, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I was talking to a coworker at work and he was saying that he was terrible in school and one of his worst subjects was history. And the reason for that was he could tell the stories, but his teacher didn't care about the stories. His teacher Mm. just wanted the dates and names. And he was like, I don't, I don't remember the dates. I don't remember when the war of 1812 ended. Probably sometime around 1812, but I can tell you everything that happened. Hmm. He's like, but I failed every history class I took with that teacher because the teacher wanted to know exactly the date and the time and the name. He's like, I, I couldn't, I could never organize that in my brain. So I failed that class time and time again. Hmm. And it made me remember a, a history professor I had in college. And she was amazing. She was at a community college and she was amazing. And she didn't care about dates and times and told us straight up. She's like, if all you if all you want to get out of a history class is dates and times, go take it from someone else because I don't care. Hmm. All I want is I want the flow. I want you to understand why and what happened and how did it happen and who were the major players. And so she was she was a lot of fun to take from because I could relate to that. And I, I learned a lot about world history from her because she wanted to make history come alive. Mm-hmm. So anyway. I, I, Facts with their informing ideas. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And out of this concept comes the principle that. Thirteen. Education is the science of relations. Basically, everything is connected to everything. And so we have to do everything. And children make those connections. Uh, She says towards the end of the book, she starts, she has an idea that starts coming out that, that we think that children are silly or are not intellectual because the connections they make are silly. So in chapter 23, she, she brings up this uh, little story. The child says, if the bees make honey, do the birds make jam? And it's by no means an inane question. It only proves that we are older pers- that we older persons are dull and inappreciative of such mysteries of nature as that bees should make honey. That the child has a because the child has innocence, they haven't learned which connections are right and which ones aren't. And so their ideas are all over the place. Mm-hmm. Which is not bad. They're they're making all kinds of connections, and it's the teacher's job to help them make those connections and to and to show them which connections are are correct and which ones are kind of not correct. Help him to make valid. Yeah. So there's two secrets that we have. This is fourteen of this moral and intellectual self management. We may call them the way of the will and the way of reason. And these weren't necessarily gone into very much. Reason was. And will was gone into a little bit. We talked about that a little did bit, we? but not much. Uh, no, did, we, did, we did talk about this with the guy who lost his leg. The, so that, that's talking about being able to 
ignore something and ignore a sensation. This is this is talking about the capabilities of having yourself um, do oh, what you don't want to do or right, do right. something. Uh, this is when she's talking about the the little boy who didn't want to wake up in the morning. Yeah. And read the story about the little king or little prince, whatever that story was, and so desired then to wake up because so did the little prince that he read about. And so talking about the will, distinguish between I want, I will, that the way to will is to turn your thoughts from that which you desire but do not will, to do that by diverting your thoughts, and then to come back at it again with renewed vigor, which in in later books and principles leads into the idea of short lessons and alternating right brain, left brain. Oh, interesting. So that you are using your brain strongly for a certain amount of time, but then when it when it starts tiring, tiring, when it starts to get tired, then you switch to the other side of the brain and to the other topic, and you can just keep going. Oh, uh, so like you go from art to math. Interesting. And we'll talk more about that. In January. That's why I'm fascinated to get into the actual method. And then the way of reason. Teach children not to lean too confidently onto their own understanding. Because the function of reason is to give logical demonstration of mathematical truth or of an initial idea. The first, it's infallible. Math is math. And that is where we see beauty in truth. But if we trust on reason for proving ideas, it's not quite the greatest. No, and she talks about that quite a bit, that you can go from a poor initial idea and get wherever you want to be. Mm-hmm. Specifically, she talks about that in chapter six and dealing with the crucifixion. And so I was having a conversation, not even with regards to education. I was having a, a conversation about church doctrine with with some people over Thanksgiving. And it was fascinating to talk about it because we were talking about a specific idea of a church and how they got to that idea. And so it was, well, they had they had this initial idea. And I said, and every every step of logic along the way makes perfect sense. Every Every piece of it is logically perfect, but I disagree with the with the initial idea and I disagree with the final idea, even though I can see that their chain of logic is absolutely flawless. Hmm. And it was interesting because I'd never thought about it until I was talking to those guys. And they're like, well, how did they get from there to there? And I was like, well, they they did it through this. Da, 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 da. And I went, oh, that all made a lot of sense. <laughs> Even though I completely disagree with it, mm-hmm. because the initial idea was something I disagreed with. There you go. But yeah, Application. And, and the guys right I was there. the guys I was talking to were looking at me like I was crazy. Like, well, but if it's but I, you you can't get for, you can't get to that final point. That doesn't make any sense. And I was like, no, but it does make sense. And I don't think they understood the. the it, it's the idea of being able to put yourself into that frame of mind and follow that train of thought right without accepting it yeah and i think that's something that she talks about quite a bit is that we have to be able to follow those trains of thought and also determine if it's good or not mm-hmm. so you can follow you can put yourself in someone else's shoes follow them down those steps of logic and say okay i know how you got from a to z but you started at the wrong place. So let's let's backtrack all the way back past all of those all of those choices you made that they all make sense and let's look at the initial idea which was wrong. Yeah. Yeah, it it was it was fascinating. I I I hadn't actually dealt with that in practice or principle until having that conversation with those guys. And it it made me chuckle to myself cuz they didn't get it and I I couldn't 
the conversation was moving too fast. I couldn't sit on it and explain the philosophy of ideas. <laughs> which you've been sitting under for the last year. I have, which I thought it was kind of fun to be able to spout that out real quick. Therefore, children should be taught, as they become mature enough to understand such teaching, that the chief responsibility which rests on them as persons is the acceptance or rejection of initial ideas. Yeah, and she says these principles, 15, 16, and 17, so turning our thoughts, the, the way will, of reason. The reason, and, and the initial ideas. And the initial ideas should save children from some of those loose thinking and heedless action, which cause most of us to live at a lower level than we need. These ways of thinking will propel our children and us to live, to live our best life. How to live your best life. She really wrote a series of self-help books. What is education but self-help? Well, I was making a joke and then you turned it all serious. (laughs) (laughs) So principle 18, which is the last one in this book, she says we should, she says we should allow no separation to grow up between the intellectual and spiritual life of children but should teach them that the divine spirit has constant access to their spirits and is their continual helper in all the interests, duties, and joys of life. So there she goes conflating spirit and spirit again, and spiritual, because she talks the divine spirit (laughs) has access to their spirits. And she talks about this here and there throughout this book, that God is the original teacher and educator. And a lot of this is in Chapter 5, The Great Recognition. It was in Chapter 5, The Great Recognition. I'm sorry, 25. Yes, Chapter 25, 25. The Great Recognition. There was there was also a chapter early on that talked about it as well. Um, chapter 10 was Bible Lessons. She talked about it a little bit there. It, it, was, it was kind of splattered in. Uh, chapter 5, The Things of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. She had it here and there throughout the beginning of this book. But yeah, she really hammered at home there at the end in... In chapter 25. I think between principle one and principle 18, I feel like those are two major underlying everything falls apart if these truths are not recognized things. That children are persons and education is from the divine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and she talks about several times that as as parents – we need to partner with the Spirit to teach our children. And we need to ask God, the Holy Spirit, to help us educate our children and to partner with us. And to work out in such a way that the Spirit has room to move and work. Yeah. So I, I feel like, you know, if you're supposed to say your, your best things first and last, I feel like that's what she did in this, these principles. She did. Wow, and I feel awesome that I can read through those and know what on earth she's talking about. Because I remember when we started this book, I tried to read through these principles and just glossy-eyed, had no clue what the heck she was talking about. Well, and we skipped over them. We did not discuss them at the beginning. Which is good because that would have been a terrible show because I wouldn't have known what the heck we were talking about. And I think we did that intentionally because I tried to read it and had no idea what I was reading. (laughs) Like, you know what? Let's just skip this because I don't even know how to talk about this because I don't understand it. So it's exciting that I understand it now. So if. And, and you've had a year of reading Victorian English. That also is true. And that's, that is a big thing. And that's something I hear from a lot of people trying to read these books or. I've read Instagram posts of people saying they tried to read these books is that they're hard to read. They're hard to get into. And that is true. But like anything else, once you're used to it, it's not as hard. Mm-hmm. So if you oh, even even reading like Pride and Prejudice, you have to sit down and stop and think about what they're actually saying. Well, that was one thing that that's a book that you started reading recently. It is because I've read it in the past and could not get it and didn't understand it and and I I I'm enjoying it a lot because because I'm actually reading it slowly. Well, and the funny thing was is you just started reading it out loud randomly to me one day. I think I was cooking. You were. And you just walked over and started reading. And I thought you were going to read me a quote because that's a thing you That's a that's a thing that's typical for you. Hey, listen to this. It's funny. Blah 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 blah. 
and I was listening to a book in my ears. And so I, you know, I paused the book and, and <laughs> I left the headphones in because I was like, all right, she's going to, she's going to tell me this joke. We're going to laugh together. And then I'm going to go back to my book. And you just kept reading and kept reading and kept reading. And I was going, have you, have you read the joke yet? And you're like, no, I'm just enjoying reading it out loud because you read fast. When you really get interested in a book, you skip words and you skim things. And I don't skip words and skim. Well, whatever. I, I, I read it, but okay. I, I read fast. So then I don't understand. I, I have no clue how you read fast. It doesn't make any sense to me. I, I just do. Because when I read, I have the little narrator in my head talking. So when you said that, I kind of chuckled because I was like, well, yeah, that's how you read books. You just kind of. So that's that's me. That And, and it, it does take time. Um, one thing to say, though. Rachel, over at a Charlotte Mason plenary, has released two annotated editions, and it has plans to do all six volumes as an annotated set. Now, when you say annotated, what do you mean? She defines words. She gives you context. So it's pulls out tidbits. So it's kind of like reading a study Bible where on every page at the bottom, you've got a block of text that talks about what's going on. I think so. Interesting. That'd be a really cool read. Because that was one of the things that that you did throughout this this throughout the last year is you would pull out those tidbits and mm-hmm. who said that and and what the greater context was and what was going on, and that was fascinating. So yeah, yeah, go check out those books at the Charlotte, the Mason, Charlotte Plenary. Mason Plenary. Very cool. Go check that out. Um, and that almost comes full circle to we are giving away the home education volume. And that's the one we're doing next. We are. Is her series of lectures to women as a fundraiser. And it was her first time getting her ideas out in public and writing them down. And it became a book and became a school. And it became so that the home education was her first points, her first her first taking off. Well, I'm very excited to get into it because like I, I said, and I've said this multiple times, I feel comfortable with her philosophy and I feel comfortable with how her philosophy is implementing itself in our lives. But I'm super excited to hear, to, to get into nuts and bolts and, and see how her philosophy. How her philosophy is interwoven with the method of education. Yeah. And so home education is approximately ages nine and under. Which fits perfectly with where we're at. Because so. we're about to have, what, our oldest will turn eight next summer? In May. Next spring. Why was I thinking summer? I'm good I, at this parenting know. thing. I don't know. We do have summer birthdays. The twins are July. That's true. In year in August. So we do have some summer birthdays. But yeah, so so that's what we're going to be getting into when we come back from our break. So how can one sign up for this giveaway? By going to our website, and which is charlottemasonsays.com, and by seeing it on Facebook and seeing it on Instagram. We'll probably put a link on Twitter also. Basically, I'm just going to be putting it out there, and anywhere you can find Charlotte Mason Says, you'll find our giveaway. And part of that will be signing up for our email list. I've got two sets of lists. One's going to be a newsletter, which... We haven't done anything with. There is no guarantee on frequency on that. The guarantee is that it will be infrequent. Exactly. <laughs> and there's an automated one that will email you when a new episode is released. Uh-huh. So one of the things that I can foresee with that email is that we would push out updates for new shows that we're going to be putting out. What? New right? shows? So, so there's an idea that's been percolating in the back of my mind that I'm not ready to discuss fully yet because it's not actually a thing yet. And by new show, we mean a new podcast. A, a new podcast where I'll be sitting down with a rotating list of guests to talk about movies and how they can relate to children and education. And more info for that will be forthcoming. I'm super excited about it because it's it's just another another way to expand my knowledge of things. And also I'm going to get to sit down and watch movies. 
which I love doing. I think that's his real motivation. That's probably my real motivation. He also wants to get Disney Plus. So, yeah. Yeah. That's it's gonna, it's gonna be awesome. He's fabricating a reason to get Disney Plus. That's I'm okay with that. Actually, <laughs> I have to find some way to make it not seem like I'm in just I'm just indulging myself. And as such, we are going to be starting uh, the the I don't know the technical business company that we're going to be starting is called Water and Shade Media to to house the to house these podcasts. Yeah. So because he also has more ideas floating that are not even nearly as tangible as this one. No, I have. <laughs> I have. There are all kinds of. I was talking to my brother the other night. I've got ideas that are just falling out of me at this point. And I just don't have time or energy to do them all. So baby steps. We're going to start. We're, we're going to do one project at a time here and see what works and see what doesn't and figure it out. But yeah, what's exciting is that we are all of these projects, Charlotte Mason says included, are going to be under the head of Water and Shade Media. Mm-hmm. And Water and Shade Media is going to be the, the parent company that runs everything. So you'll be able – the the intention is that we'll have a water and shade website and that website will include links to all of our shows and we'll also include a link to a storefront where we should be having soon the audiobook of parents and children available for purchase right which is also super exciting or you can you know download every other episode and do it that way too that also is a thing but that's that would, I would assume, be annoying. But the other reason to go to our storefront, which isn't online yet, it's a work These in progress. Dreams. These are dreams. They're dreams. But the other reason to do that, and one of the reasons we're wanting to release the the audio of volume two. two, the one that we've been reading for the last year, so I should know what number it is, is that we want to try and turn this into more than just a hobby. And that's one of the reasons we're releasing a media group or we're starting a media group. We, we want to turn this into uh, a bigger thing. And there are, there are a couple things that are important for that. One of them is that there needs to be some amount of income that happens through this podcast. It all comes back to money. It all comes back to money. I and we've be. had we've had a couple people come alongside us and we've uh and sponsor a few episodes and have made some some online friends we and have. It's, it's exciting. Well, and we did the uh Charlotte Mason online conference. We did. Which I know many of our listeners uh, joined in and and were a part of and I hope that that everybody who joined in with that found great information and great resources and knowledge the only thing that we as podcasters can see as far as feedback is the number of downloads and we saw that spike in july it (laughs) absolutely (laughs) spiked it was ridiculous how much it spiked there was a huge amount of interest that flooded uh, our show the problem was right after that we moved no i was currently moving oh yeah crystal was currently (laughs) moving we were in we were on separate sides of the country when that happened but that meant that our next couple shows were delayed and there were some readings. And so a lot of the interest that we garnered from that fizzled out quickly mm-hmm. because Such we, is life. we didn't plan it that great. But that's OK. That's OK. These things happen. But, you know, I, I would love to upgrade our technical equipment. I'm dreaming and salivating over over the next set of equipment I'd like to purchase. But that all requires money. And and money spent on a hobby is there's there's not a lot of that in our lives right now. So. So that is one thing that we'll be trying to figure out because we desperately do not want to go the route of random advertising. Right. Random advertising, flashy banner ads and pop ups. That is one thing that we will guarantee is that you will not have pop ups when you go to our website. I don't know if we should say that. I don't know, because the one pop-up that I've seen that still pisses me off is a sign-up for our newsletter one. Our newsletter? Well, no. You go to a website, and it's a blog. 
Oh, okay. and you scroll down, and you get halfway down the page, and the pop up's like, "Hey, sign up for a newsletter." Yeah, pop ups very much annoy both John and I. So the chances that we will actually put it out, even though they are proven to be apparently effective and useful, uh-huh. they just annoy us. They are. Uh, so much. What's worse than the pop-ups are the bannerets, the flashy bannerets that just take up bandwidth. What's very annoying is when you have, you know, there's a top banner and a bottom banner and then something pops up. And so on your phone, you can see like two lines of text. Yeah, that's, I go away from those websites instantly. So. So. Yeah, so we're trying to figure out how to tastefully do advertising. We want anything that we advertise, we want to have it be directly related to Charlotte Mason education and and be something that we personally believe in that would be a good product. I don't know how to ask for money. <laughs> I think you just ask, but I'm not good at that. So – Lots of big, exciting things. Let's see. We got that, that. Oh, another thing I want to do is I am I am currently formatting all of our MP3s into MP4s, which means a video. Ooh. So I'm going to put everything on YouTube. What? You do not get to see us on YouTube. <laughs> not yet. You get to see our pictures that we choose. And actually, speaking of our pictures... Every episode, we try to be intentional with the picture, the the background cover art that we choose for each episode. And it is somehow twistedly in our minds related to what we've been talking about. Definitely twistedly. So if you have questions about where we're thinking and, <laughs> and where our picture comes from, we'd love to tell you. Yeah. So you'll get to stare at that if you watch the YouTube if you watch the YouTube. If you watch if you watch the YouTube. <laughs> I, I don't do YouTube. Oh, Sonny, last time I was watching the YouTube, <laughs> I saw the craziest thing. <laughs> watch the YouTube. I don't I don't do YouTube. I know lots of people do, but I just videos are not my forte. What kills me with YouTube is that most people put out a video that's about 10 to 15 minutes long. And I don't like YouTube's autoplay because I don't like what its algorithms choose for me. So I have turned autoplay off on all of my devices a long time ago. And I also listen to things at one and a half or 1.7 times speed, which you can do on YouTube and it's great. But then you have clipped video and the video only takes like nine minutes. And if I'm at work, nine minutes isn't long enough. And then I have to pull up my phone and search through YouTube again and find the next video. So if a YouTuber puts out a podcast, I'll go listen to the podcast because that's just more simple for my life. But I know that a lot of people watch YouTube and YouTube vloggers quite a bit. So there you go. One more new thing that's going to be coming. Uh Uh-huh. We should also post it to Minds, not just YouTube. I have never heard of that. What is that? <laughs> so one of the issues with YouTube. Did you say minds or mind? Mind. Minds. M-I-N-D-S. Uh, minds is an alternate social media platform. And one of the reasons they started it up is because YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter are becoming very authoritarian. And so the founders of Minds set it up to to be a less authoritarian way of doing things. Okay. Well, and we would love to hear from you guys. Anything new that we you want us to do? Any ideas for volume one? Any tips, tricks, feedback? Yeah, it's always been fun. We've had we've had a couple of people get back to us. They hit us up either through emails to Charlotte Mason says at gmail.com or on Facebook through the Facebook group, or a couple of people have commented on Instagram. It's always great to hear feedback, whether it's hey. What you said was dumb. And then I listened to the podcast and go, wow, I that was that's true. That was dumb. You're right. Yep. Or wow, I really wish that I had been more clear with what I had said because it came off as being really silly or really wrong. And that's that's not actually what I meant. I've had I've had a couple of those comments pop up and and it always makes me feel kind of bad because that means I wasn't as clear and articulate as I should have been. But yeah, it's it's always great to have feedback. It's always fun to have people tell us that 
or show us that they're listening by telling us things. I don't know. There's no all feedback is good feedback, I guess. <laughs> all feedback is interesting feedback. All feedback is feedback. That's true. <laughs> well, if you stuck around this long, thanks for hanging out and and listening to us uh, kind of word vomit about all the things that we're excited about and all the things we've learned over the last year of doing this whole podcasting thing. And yeah, thanks for your support. Thanks for continuing to download and listen to our podcasts. It's great to see our numbers continue to uh, to hold steady right now. We we entered school we entered year. the school year, and our numbers stayed steady. They declined from the summer, but that's from what I'm from what I've learned about podcasting and YouTubing and everything. That's not abnormal because all of a sudden you've got all kinds of things going on, like homeschooling, educating your children, <laughs> which is probably more important than listening to our podcast, but. Thank you to all of you listeners who are continuing to download and listen to and subscribe to our podcast. If you want to support us, one of the best ways to do that is go into iTunes and give us a review and a rating. That really helps us boost our our uh, notoriety, I guess. It's the only word I can think of. Our visibility. Popularity. Popularity. The other and probably even better way to do it is to share it with people that you know. If you really like what we're doing, then – Letting other people on your social media know, telling other people, hey, this is a great resource. This is a cool thing that I've been listening to. Or, hey, these guys are morons. Come listen and laugh with me. That'd be great, too. I'm okay being laughed at. I know. Crystal does it to me all the time. It's okay. <laughs> I laugh at myself most times. But, yeah, I, those are those are going to be the two best ways, if you like what we're doing and, and would like to see us grow and continue, is to – Get onto either iTunes or whatever whatever app you're using and rate and rate and review us, and then let other people know that you know, because that's gonna that's gonna be the best way for us to get the word out that we're doing something that is interesting and worthwhile. Well, and we will see you. We'll hear you. We'll I don't know. We'll be back next we'll, year. We'll talk at you. We'll talk with you next year. So have yourself a wonderful holidays and Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. And I guess Thanksgiving's already over. So hope you had a good Thanksgiving. Yeah, we'll talk to you all later. Bye-bye now. <laughs> ah. Thank you for listening. Join the conversation with us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter.